This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is Rutgers beat reporter, Craig Epstein. Craig, uh, Rutgers went into Madison yesterday. Uh, they lost 24 to 13. So if you're keeping track at home, yes, Rutgers did cover. They're now 5-0 and against the spread on the season. Or 6-0 against the spread on the season, I'm sorry. Uh, but they did fall uh, in a kind of a heartbreaker in Madison. This is a game that Rutgers, you know, felt like they should have been in more than they were. Um, I think we all kind of know the main reason why they weren't in this game. Uh, but what were your some, what were some of your high-level impressions before we kind of get down into the minutia of things? Yeah, I mean, this game kind of just felt like uh, kind of a, just a recipe for kind of disaster for Rutgers here because, as we've talked about, this offense is a very run-based offense, very predicated on possessing the ball, eating up clock, you know, wearing you down. So when you fall behind by 10 nothing, which ended up becoming 17 nothing off of that brutal pick six, I mean, you're already putting yourself in a hole that you're basically going to spend almost the rest of the day trying to dig yourself out of. And even if you get to the point where you dig yourself out of the hole, you're probably going to be kind of worn down by the fourth quarter, late the fourth quarter, whatever it may be. So it's just like, you know, this is kind of what you get now with uh, when this is kind of your uh, offense. I mean, when it works, it's awesome because, as you saw in the first three games in the Wagner, well, the Wagner, you know, you the cap because that's that was basically just that's basically just a glorified scrimmage. But as you saw in the first three games, you know, you, you, you by the fourth quarter, those teams that are worn down because you're just crushing them up the gut. But when you face a team like Wisconsin, that's might not be great, but they're talented. They've got players. They're probably going to win the Big Ten West mostly because the Big Ten West sucks. But it is what it is, and when you fall when you fall behind by that much early, it's just just really hard to dig yourself out of. Yeah. Plus, our offense started so slow. If you're just looking at the drive charts, first offensive drive, three and out. Second offensive drive, that's the one where we get the Johnny Langan long pass for thirty some yards. But we only had five plays on that punt. Third drive, three and out. Fourth drive, three and out. Fifth drive, three and out. Sixth drive. This is the one right before half. This is when we're moving the ball. I don't know if it's something clicked. Gavin was using his legs more. That drive, we looked like a really good offense. And then the pick six happens. So you go from a game that's probably 10-7 at worst, 10-3 going into half, and it's 17-0. And at that point, it is insurmountable because this offense, like you said, is not designed to be able to come back from a big loss. Shano wants to sit on the ball, take the air out of the ball, Finish games in a tidy two hours and 40 minutes. The, commercial, the, the advertisers hate Shiano games because they do tend to finish pretty quickly. Um, but, yeah, we, we can get 
much deeper into the offense. Um, but I, I, I want to shout out the defense uh, first because I thought the defense played really well. I thought we contained Tanner Mordecai pretty well. There were a few plays where I know Shiano was chewing out Aaron Lewis for biting on the RPO. He took the running back and it opened up a huge hole for Tanner Mordecai. But overall on the day, we held him to his lowest completion percentage on the season. Um, we were able to force two turnovers. Uh, so we won the turnover battle. Um, Braylon Allen got held to under five yards of carry, which, you know, that's, you should be able to do that to running backs. But considering what he's averaging, like on the entire season, I mean, he's averaging almost seven yards of carry uh, before this game. And so Rutgers is in the last two Big Ten games between against Michigan and against Wisconsin, they've held legitimate NFL backs in Braylon Allen and uh, Blake Corum to well below their season averages in terms of yards per carry. So I, th- I think they're doing a really good job of not only just not breaking, allowing big plays and things like that, but really kind of turning the screws and, and getting the ball back to the offense pretty often. So if you look at what the defense was able to do, uh, they forced two punts on their first two defensive series. Wisconsin missed a field goal in the next uh, series. On the fourth series, Rutgers defense caused a fumble. So, I mean, this is a 3 nothing game well into the, the, the second quarter. And then Wisconsin scores a touchdown. Rutgers looks like they're going to answer, and it doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, what did you see defensively that really impressed you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, everything you said is on point. And it's just, it's just like we've talked about before. It's just aggravating. Just this, this defense, we talked about it last year, how the offense was basically kind of holding back the defense. The defense is so, And I think it's, I think the defense is even better this year. It's just like even last year, they, they still got pretty much blown out by Wisconsin. This was a game. Like that's what that's what just kills you about that really that pick six towards the end of the first half because like you said if they get ten seven ten three like this is a game in the second half this was a game that I thought Rutgers really could have had and even you and me were the ones that predicted Rutgers to win this game because we thought that this was a good matchup and I still think you know even though Rutgers might not be the better team like I think they match up pretty well with this team and it's just you just got to get a little bit more out of your offense and Gavin Wimsat even if Gavin Wimsat gives you like just an average performance you probably win you probably win this game or at least keep it cl- at least keep it closer so that's just 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 kind of just the aggravating nature of this type of game I think you're muted Mike yeah I am um yeah it, it, it was certainly a performance that could have won us the game had we had more on offense and and we're talking about Gavin here Gavin on the day was 16 for 35, which is a 46% completion percentage. One touchdown, one interception. Only sacked once on the ground. He was nine for nine carries, 43 yards. That's almost five yards a carry. He's just he's got these baked in accuracy issues that you we've talked about this in the off season. Accuracy is so hard to improve because I, I'm kind of in the the Mike Leach, the Mike Leach uh, school of thought, where like you're either the kid who could hit the stop sign with the snowball or you're not, and you you say, but but Mike, look at his accuracy; it's gone up this year. Well, if you look at it now, you know he was a much more down. <laughs> well, he's he's he was a 45 percent completion percentage guy last year, and he's 50 almost a 52 percent guy this year. Like that is still one of the worst in college football. That is like if you were to like put that in almost any other offense would be utterly unacceptable. You also have 
Kirk Soraka, who has this like, you know, offense that is that works. It's worked everywhere he's gone, basically outside of of Rutgers and Penn State. So like, the last you know decade plus, he's been in a well above average offensive coordinator, getting really high production out of several different types of quarterbacks. You know, we've talked to the um, I forget his name now, but we talked to the Western Michigan Zach Terrell, who was the Western Michigan's quarterback for four years. He was talking about how he was utilized in, in Kirk Soraka's offense. Then if you look at, you know, what he's done at, at Minnesota, you know, he had a few different types of guys from Tanner Morgan to uh, Ethan Kaliak-Manis. Like he's gotten production out of a lot of different types of quarterbacks th- through his days, especially the last two stops he's been at. So he's calling games to have passes that Gavin is really comfortable with. And that's outbreaking routes. That's stuff along the sidelines. Like the whole middle of the field is kind of where where Kirk gets his bread and butter out of this offense. And we're just not utilizing that part of the, the, the field because Gavin's not very accurate throwing across the middle of the field. So it's it's really tough to kind of do some of the core concepts of Kirk Soraka's offense when Gavin's really not accurate throwing over the middle of the field. Yeah, exactly. And I mentioned that as we talked about when we did the uh, live stream. All their throws just felt like all their kind of de- like deep throws just felt like they were going off to the they were off on the sidelines. So because they do was, that because like what was it you said? He was one for eight on pass attempts over twenty yards on some on Saturday. Yeah, because everything is basically you know going to the sidelines because they figure themselves either the receiver's going to catch it or it's going to go out of bounds because they're just so you know so afraid of him turning the ball over. And even later on in the game, he had that kind of. He missed that shot. I think it was the Dremel, which he, if he hit him in stride, he maybe could have scored the touchdown, but mm-hmm. he missed them. And it's just like that's just another example of just just the inaccuracy issues he has. And I'm sure we'll talk about it when we start bringing up, you know, the Evan Simon thing because I can already hear some people, you know, Evan Simon had his one had like his one drive with his three throws, and of course it led to a touchdown. So then it start, you know, there's probably some people out there who are going to start the Evan Simon debate again, but. As I talked to, like I talked about in the live stream, was that basically the the thing between Gavin and Evan is you're basically trade with Gavin. You're basically sacrificing accuracy for mobility, and for this offense, this team is like I said, predicated on the run. So you're probably willing to make that sacrifice, but sometimes you have to live with what live with what it is. Like Evan might be a little bit mobile, but he's not he's not really the runner that Ga- that Gavin. You know, at least at least uh, the danger that Gavin presents in the run game. So that's kind of just the sacrifice you got to make. And I think as she, I think Shiana's shown now, I, I honestly, I figured after it looked like uh, after Gavin got knocked to got knocked basically unconscious and it looked like he had a concussion that I figured he was mm-hmm. going to be done for the day and it was going to be Evan's day for the rest, but they threw Gavin back out there. So I think if that shows anything, it's that they're, Gavin's the guy, whether people like it or not, and that's just just unless unless he really gets injured, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, if you look a little, yeah, if you look a little deeper into his stats, like if let's say we take the the Wagner game out of out of his statistics, um, where he threw for sixty three percent, so he was twelve of nineteen against Wagner. If you take that out on the season, he is. Exactly 50%. He's literally 50-50 on all throws to, against FBS opponents. That's just not good enough in this game, in this in this level of football. You have to be better than that. And we'll go deeper into it. We're going to do a little bit of a film breakdown. But um, 
I kind of want to talk about some of the other players I thought were worth uh, shouting out. Um, I thought Jaquay Jackson, once again, had a, a few really nice catches. Ian Strong, I thought, you know, when you see games like this, we've been talking about it over and over and over every single game since the Temple game or since the uh, the Northwestern game. Why is he not playing more? Ian know. Strong is so clearly one of our best receivers, and we're not playing him. I don't understand it. This guy needs to be on the field for at least 70% of our offensive snaps moving forward. He should be a starting receiver. You know, Jaquay Jackson clearly should be a starter. Ian Washington, Isaiah Washington's fine. He's not like a guy who's going to be a game breaker for you. Uh, you know, Christian Dremel is what he is. He's a slot receiver. He's, you know, the kind of guy who works over the middle or he should be working over the middle, which we don't really utilize. Um, a, a thing I thought was really surprising, um, I mean, this kind of goes back to the play calling, is the run game. They just, from the start, were like, you guys are not going to run all over us. You're going to have to win by passing the ball. And they were just daring us all game to pass. Um, I think, so Kyle Manungai averaged uh, less than two yards, or around two, at, he averaged two yards a carry on Sun, on Saturday. Uh, Deshaun Benjamin was the only other running back who got a, a, a touch, or at least a rush. He was four for 13. Um, it's wild when you just see how successful the run game was against some lower level opponents. And then the last couple games just has been totally shut down. Yeah. You could tell in this one, it didn't, they weren't going to power, you know, power rush, you know, the Wisconsin team. Like I, I, I felt like they were maybe true. Cause I felt like Deshaun Benjamin, even though he ended up with just four carries, I felt like he was actually in the game more than Manon guy. So um, I just felt like they were trying to tr- they were trading some power for more speed, but it just goes back to I mean, at this point in the season, you should know what your strengths and weaknesses are. So like Ian Strong, yep. it seems like every time this guy has the ball in his hands, something good happens. He yep. should be in this. He should be playing more. Like period, end of story. And Kamenung guy, he was been your best player through the first how many games. As much as it, you know, as much as it stinks that he couldn't get anything going in this game, that's kind of just, if he can't get anything going, then this team is probably just going to lose that game. Because like I said, he's just yep. your best, your best runner. And with Sam Brown, it does, it just does not look like, it just does not look like he's healthy. Like the fact that he didn't get, get into this game till like late in the fourth quarter. And there's just nothing like at this point, like, I don't know what, what more you can do with him at this point. Cause it just looks like the, he's just not okay with the foot injury. So it is what it is there, but like I said, if they can't get the uh, uh, if they can't get the run game going, then this team is probably not going to win. They were held under a hundred yards rushing in this game, and anytime that happens, chance that then that means Gavin's going to be throwing the ball more, and unless he significantly improves his accuracy and just everything, this this team is just not going to win games like this. Yeah, and I kind of want to just I'm going to share my screen. So if you're uh, listening and not watching on YouTube. Uh, just bear with us here because we're going to just dive into some stats. So if we just look at efficiency numbers from, from Saturday, Rutgers somehow finished with 16 first downs. I think uh, after their first five drives, like I said, they only had five first downs. Um, but Wisconsin overall went 9 of 17 on the day on third down. Rutgers went 2 of 12. Rutgers was 1 of 2 on fourth down. Wisconsin was uh, 0 for 1. Uh, Wisconsin had... More total yards, 358 to Rutgers, 275. Um, shocking to me that Rutgers had more that much more passing yards, uh, 211 to Wisconsin's 145. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about 
just like Evan Simon hopping in for three plays and looking really good coming in cold off the bench after somehow uh, Wisconsin didn't get called for targeting, even though it was one of the more clear targeting calls I've ever seen. Like he launched himself with the crown of his helmet into the back of Gavin's helmet, which is the most dangerous place you could hit somebody's on the back of the head. They call targeting on the field and then they overturn it, which you got to wonder, do they overturn it because Wohler is their best player on defense? And if you get a targeting call in the second half, you miss the following half of football. So that you'd miss the first half of the Iowa game next week. I don't know. I, we talked about getting the Reynolds rap in the room. That's <laughs> This is the moment I'd put it on my head here, guys. <laughs> I just uh, I don't, that, I don't get the targeting call anymore because in the beginning of the season, it felt like they would just throw it out like friggin' candy. And yep. even on hits, this hit, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you go by letter of the law, he didn't launch his helmet into his helmet, but he launched himself into Gavin's basically back, like upper back, caused his head to hit the turf. Like, what's the, what is the purpose of this rule? Is it just letter of the law or are you trying to protect people? Because if we're trying to protect people, that was a pretty, pretty crazy dangerous hit that should, that should, I think should have been targeting so the fact that it got picked up just goes to show and as a Jet fan I'm just used at this point I'm just used to seeing you know the 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 quarterback you're watching get just mauled and no flag I mean the Jets the Jets haven't gotten a rough in the passer call in almost two years now so what the hell but that's my Jet rant for now for now at least <laughs> for now this is what a Jet fan <laughs> looks like after a win guys by the way I know. so uh, just no- <laughs> Craig's just filled with nothing but piss and vinegar. Just always <laughs> is uh, been distilled down into just bitterness and, and anger. Hey, listen, um, not all of us can be five and up. Not all of us can. Uh, <laughs> just a couple teams can, but I'm not gonna not gonna get into that. Um, <laughs> Rutgers uh, lost the time of possession battle. Wisconsin almost had 33 minutes time of possession. Rutgers at 27. And again, this is a function of them not being able to really run the ball. They can't really run the clock if you can't run the ball um this this level of football um Rutgers won the turnover battle two to one it felt like there were more penalties called on Rutgers and than four uh but I guess that's all it was with four for 36 Wisconsin had two for 25 um I want to shout out some individual uh players on defense too that I thought were standouts I thought Aaron Lewis was constantly in the backfield um I thought Mo Ture as well. He made a ton of good plays in terms of him just being disruptive, him blowing up some play, some run plays. Flip Dixon had another outstanding game. Um, Robert Longerbeam I thought was fantastic in coverage. Those are the four guys to me, just off memory on defense, that really showed out. Uh, how about for you? Is there anybody that anybody's performance, either offense or defense, we haven't talked about that you want to highlight? I thought Melton actually stepped up. We've been kind of critical on him the past few games, but I thought he stepped up a bit more in this game, like started to show a little bit more of why, you know, we had we had such high expectations for him. So credit to him, did step up. And I don't know, it's just tough because, you know, like I said, offensively there wasn't really much going on. I guess, like I said, Ian Strong, because, like, I mean, he scored the touchdown. And um, every just like I said, every time he seems to catch the ball, something good happens. So play him more. Yeah, there's no excuse at this point. He needs to be playing more, and I think he will. Um, Rutgers has a, a big game this upcoming weekend, uh, homecoming against Michigan State. I think they opened as a three-point favorite, and that quickly got bet up. I don't know what they're at now, but it was at around five last time I checked. Oh, okay, fine. Um, I saw, last I saw it was four. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's exactly at, but that's kind of a dead zone between four and a half and, and five. 
Uh, five and a half isn't as much, but yeah, you'd expect that line to shift one way or the other um, in the near future. Um, Although, I mean, like we said, Rutgers is uh, undefeated so far this year covering the spread. So as long as Rutgers can remain the favorite, I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't think there's I, – I do wonder how many Power 5 teams have gone 6-0 against the spread this year. I can't imagine there's many. Um, but I'm not going to look that up live. Uh, it's pretty crazy, though. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just impressive, I guess. <laughs> it's very impressive. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do the film breakdown of every throw Gavin made in the Wisconsin game. Um, We've done this before. Just kind of want to go through it. We will just kind of give a a high-level take on how we thought each play goes. Um, So the first pass attempt of the game was third and 11 from the – Rutgers 24 yard line. This is Rutgers' first offensive series. I'm going to beat this too. Uh, I think this is the the out route on the left side to Dremel for like four yards. I mean, for me, like, there's no upside to making this throw. Yeah. I would rather him just yeet the thing downfield <laughs> and do like an arm punt or just try at least and get a first down. Like, there's, he, he catches the ball and he has to, like, he throws it away from his body. So Dremel has to to dive and try and catch it. And say he even miraculously stays on his feet, the defender's basically on his back. There's just no upside to this throw. So it's yeah. a completion and it's yardage, but it, it's literally like, it's almost like running the ball. Yeah, no, it's third just 11. Yeah, third and 11 throwing that short of the sticks, just almost no, just no point. Yep. So next offensive drive, uh, it is second and eight from the Rutgers 20. Kevin throws it to the left side. This is the Johnny yeah, Langan long run. catch and run. Uh, I wish they would show all all twenty two film because it's it's really tough on the 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 broadcast to see kind of the plays developing downfield. I don't know if there was some kind of rub there to get Johnny wide open or if there was just some kind of busted coverage, but there was nobody even close to Johnny and, and Gavin's comfortable making those kind of throws when it's over the middle and there's nobody around him. But when there is any sort of kind of tight coverage or guys in the area, that's when he can yep. uh, sail the balls or when he's not as comfortable. Next throw is third and five from the Wisconsin 45-yard line. Uh, five minutes and 20 seconds left on the clock. Wisconsin just rushes four. Gavin throws it over the middle, and it's nowhere near his intended target of Isaiah Washington. Uh, Pocket pretty much just collapsed there. And- his pocket collapsed, but like – it's not good. There's nowhere near him. Right. So it's tight coverage. If you look, both his, both Dremel and, and Isaiah Washington are blanketed by a DB. You got two linebackers playing some kind of uh, zone coverage there. And it's tough to kind of get the exact frame, but it's just way over Isaiah yeah. Washington said. Uh, probably catchable if you put it on him. Washington... It's covered by Wohler there because they're, like I said, their best defender, but just no chance for him to catch that ball. Uh, next drive, it is first and ten from the Wisconsin, or from the uh, from the Rutgers nine yard line. Two minutes left in the first quarter. Gavin throws one deep. 
This is to Jaquay yeah. Jackson. He turns him around a couple times. Yeah, you appreciate the, the shot, just... but it's just it's just nowhere. Again, but like I said, it's just to the sideline. So it's like it's mm-hmm. it's either going to be a humongous humongous gain or just nothing, and it got nothing. So. Yeah, the ball was snapped from close to the left hash, and so there's more room for, for Jaquay to run on the right side. Um, and Jaquay was running uh, a few yards inside the from the, the sideline, and Gavin throws it basically out of bounds, um, just nowhere near his intended target. Third and five now from the, uh, from, from the Rutgers 14. One minute and 20 seconds left. Clock's running. Gavin drops back another deep shot. This is to Dremel this time, and he really had no chance. Yeah. He had a, a corner on him, number 23. I don't know what his name is, but ball wasn't thrown near him. It wasn't thrown near the, the DB either, so I guess that's a positive. But, again, we're yeah. seeing a theme here. Throwing deep is just so hit or miss for Gavin. All right, we got first and 10 from the 35-yard line. Over the middle, intended target was Christian Dremel on a slant route and nowhere near him. <clears throat> so at this point, he's two for six passing in this game. Almost all of his yardage is from that one Johnny Langer yeah, catch. 20, yeah, 21 yards. Yep. <clears throat> so it's second and 10 now from the Rutgers 35. 14 minutes left in the second quarter. Motions Sean Benjamin is off the side, and so this he's he's late on this throw. Yeah, like yeah, he Sean, still made something out of it, but yeah, he, mm-hmm. just that's you the notice, difference. Deshaun has to basically come to a full stop when he catches that ball. Yeah, he's yeah. So basically, like right here is where he throw, should throw yep. it. You hit him in in stride. Because that doesn't um, give the chance to the linebacker right there to get over there, so that could be a, that could potentially be a first down. Mm-hmm. But instead, he wastes that extra second. By the time he catches it, uh, yep, it's not a good throw, so he has to jump up to catch it. He turns and he's already got a linebacker basically right on him. So it goes from what could probably have been, you know, maybe a first down to a four yard gain. Next offensive play: seven minutes left, seven twenty three left in the second quarter. Third and ten from deep in Rutgers territory. It is from the Rutgers four-yard line. It's like Wisconsin's at least showing pressure here. They don't bring; they just bring four. Yeah, it's just this wasn't that bad of a throw. It wasn't that throw. Yeah, he actually caught it, but again, it's just again to the sideline. So it's just third and ten from. It's almost like I I don't want to say you're giving up, but. It's just third and ten from your basically your own end zone, and you're just throwing it off to the sideline in a throw that's either going to be a gain or it's just it's just I don't know. It's just sometimes you got to take a chance because it's just there was nothing like it's all or nothing, and they just consistently are ending up with nothing. Yeah, so Ian Strong here makes a good catch. I wish they would have shown this on replay because it looked like it was closer than the announcers made it seem, and that's another thing. The announcers were terrible <laughs> yeah. on Saturday. They Monica. were just like. Yeah, they, every every <laughs> single name. It was you said it, Craig. It was like the 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 Key and Peel sketch, like Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Or like every single player that they tried to announce their name, they just messed up somehow. So, all right, now we have second and or first and ten. Sorry, from the Rutgers thirty-seven with two minutes and thirty-five seconds left in the game. 10 nothing Wisconsin. 
This is the drive where yeah. things start to get cooking. So yeah. Gavin hits Jaquay Jackson on a slant for a first down. Now it's first and 10 with two minutes left in the th- second quarter from the Rutgers 49. Gavin takes the snap. He rolls out to his right. That was not yeah, really yeah. a great throw. He was he getting pressured, though, though. So I think he got to catch Yeah, that. whatever. But it's, he's you know, got to go. It is what it is. Them, so. Second and 10 now point? from the, the Rutgers 49. Gavin drops back. He throws uh, deep along the, <clears throat> the left sideline to Jaquay Jackson. This, I believe, is the only reception of over 20 yards for Rutgers on the day. Uh, Jaquay makes a great adjustment to the ball <clears throat> in air um, to bring it down to about the 25-yard line of Wisconsin. So it's now second and goal from the Wisconsin six-yard line. Everybody, 26 seconds left. Everybody close your eyes. Yeah, everybody close your eyes. You can probably hear the announcer making this call again. So this is the pick six. I want you to kind of, and I should have said this at the beginning, Gavin blocks into so many of his receivers when he's making, uh, he doesn't really, he just kind of locks into his first target. And that's what the Wisconsin DB said after the game too. Mm-hmm. The guy who catches this ball, Hallman, I think his name is. Yeah. He said like on film, we noticed that he just kind of locks in and you just got to, play he basically said you got to like play dumb a bit you got to play off and just wait for him to make that throw because you know where it's going because wherever he's looking at he's probably going to make the throw there and so he said you have to kind of like bait him into making that throw and then you pounce on it if you look look at how much look at how much room they're giving the receivers though they're all basically at the one so if you just get a quick throw off you might get something out of it but instead they as you'll see they went with kind of more of a longer longer developing play and we're about to see what happens yeah so it's not even that long developing like just longer right here. Yeah. He decides to throw it. And if you watch the DB is already breaking on that route on the, on the top of the screen here. So Jaquay Jackson's running a drag route along like the two yard line to kind of create a natural pick. But since they're not playing, uh, since they're playing so off, the pick doesn't really do anything because there's no DB to kind of interfere with their, their route or not their route, but their, their coverage. So Dremel is his defender is going to have just an open lane to the ball and Gavin sails, not sails it a bit, but he puts a little air under this one and it just makes it way too easy to, to make the interception. And that's the pick six. And I want to show for comparison's sake, Virginia tech seven seconds left in the first half. Tell me where this play looks familiar. <laughs> it's not the same route concept. But it's the same exact route to Kristen Dremel. And we don't have many offensive pass attempts in the red zone this year. So it's not like they had to do some kind of extensive tape study to kind of know what our tendencies were in the red zone. We don't have, you know what I mean? Like, And it just felt like I mentioned, I think I mentioned on the, the stream where it just, you could tell that that, that felt just something where it was like, this is the play. Don't divert from it. Just just throw it to this guy but he waited just too long and like we said that's what led to the guy jumping the route taking it I don't and taking even, it back i don't even think he waited too long he just i think it was like a the hit. second the ball was snapped he stared at dremel and waited for him to turn his head and by the yeah, time just, he did just a hard just a horrible play all around <laughs> yeah all right uh first offensive possession for Rutgers out of the first out of the second half, uh, they have the ball at the Rutgers 27-yard line, second and nine. 
Another thing you'll notice, a lot of a lot of drives start off with a run up the middle that went for no gain or one yard or two yards, setting up second and long. Uh, we couldn't get anything going in the run game, which forced Gavin to throw 35 times. I think it was the most he's thrown the ball all season, if I'm re- remembering correctly. Um, I'll just check this real quick. Yeah, it was the most pass attempts yeah. he had uh, since the North- Northwestern game. He threw 29 times against Northwestern, 35 against Wisconsin. So play action here, throws it over the middle. Nice throw to Isaiah Washington, who's wide open. They get it down to the 40-yard line. So now it's second and seven from the Rutgers 43. 13 minutes left on the clock in the third quarter. He motions Jaquay Jackson in a bit. Lines up stacked uh, with Dremel. Nice pitch and catch. I mean, you notice that, like, when he throws to Jaquay Jackson, things tend to go well. (laughs) And that was just 10-yard out route. Um now it's first and 10 from the Wisconsin 49, 12 and a half minutes left in the third quarter. It's a rollout, which oh, looks yeah, like yeah. it was designed QB run, and he just throws it into double coverage. Yeah, I, this I don't know. That's the kind of play, like, you have to know that's not they, – they picked up on it. <laughs> you think, like, maybe we can catch him sleeping. You saw that a few times uh, on Sunday if you were watching the Lions game. You know, you saw Sam Laporta on a play that's similar. It, was, it wasn't the same play as this. I want to say that because there was kind of some, you know, there was like a flea flicker element to both these plays, but <clears throat> both plays I'm talking about right now. Uh, but, you know, misdirection caused the guy to run, you know, wide open down the field. The same thing happened in the 49ers game with uh, with George Kittle. You can't make that throw if it's not there. You just got to tuck it and run or you got to throw it out of bounds. He's up, you know, he's outside the tackle box, so he's no penalty for just, like, yeeting the thing in the third row. <laughs> you just can't put the ball in harm's way, and that's what he did right there. Yeah. So we got second and 10 now from the Wisconsin 49. 12 minutes and 19 seconds left on the clock. Gavin had Jaquay Jackson wide open. Yep. I mean, if you look at where he is on the field when he throws this. Yeah, that should just be – that one should be easy. <laughs> yeah. Again, back to the accuracy issues. I don't know why this is so hard to get on here. Whatever. All right, next drive. Rutgers is taking over from the 33-yard line. It is uh, 9.42 left on the clock, first and 10. Motion's Dremel. There's the ball to Aaron Young for four-yard pickup. Now it's second and 16. There must have been a hold um, in between these last two plays. So second and 16 now from the Rutgers 27-yard line. Not a great uh, down and distance for, for Rutgers offense. This has been something they struggled yeah, with. Yeah, that's what's so annoying. You get a penalty. Yeah, you get into send 16. It's like you're, you were just so far behind the eight ball. It's just trying to get – it just, just kind of kills the drive, it feels like, yeah. most of the time. So look how off their DBs are playing too. Bad throw. I I couldn't tell if that was broken up or whatever. That was to Chris and Dremel. Incomplete. Third and 16 now from the Rutgers 27. Look how off they're playing still. I mean, it, when the thing I don't like is like when you're playing 
when you're seeing a formation like that where the, the DBs are lining so far off, you want to try and get the ball to somebody quick yeah. and then set up some blocking in front of just them. Just take like some so, some short intermediate throws. Just keep them honest because they do that, then they might you know start moving back in a little bit and then they can possibly open things up down the field again, but they're just, just I, not doing that. You just have to set up some kind of check at the line where you, you say – you know, he's done it a couple times a season. Like the, the one deep throw against Temple was an example of it where he checked at the line and he, you know, hit a long completion to Jaquay Jackson. There needs to be a check at the line saying like, you know, look at this coverage. They're playing off. Let's get it to so-and-so on like a quick slant and whatever. I'm, I'm oversimplifying things, but there needs to be a check for when the coverage dictates something else should happen than throw it deep because – that, yeah, there's just like you when, have, when you have seven yeah. DVs or when you have seven guys playing that far off, like you're basically playing like toes on the line defense, like trying to like prevent a big play. And like, receiver at least like, a deep isn't, shot isn't great, but you have some speedy guys between Jaqu- Jackson and Benjamin. Just give it to them and you know just let them run a bit, but see what happens. Yeah. So Rutgers has the ball now uh, from the Rutgers 43 yard line. There is six and a half minutes left in the third quarter. First and 10 here. They're still down 17 nothing at this point as well. So the defense has done a good job of, of uh, stifling Wisconsin. Look how many guys are out of the box here. They rush a, a linebacker. It's only four rushers, though. They get the ball out to Deshaun Benjamin. Oh, it looks he so makes a nice move. Gets like seven yards there. Yeah. Setting up... Uh, First and 10 from the Wisconsin 47. Gavin makes a nice throw here to Jesse O'Fury. Uh, he's another guy I think I sh- should be probably playing more. Um, but now there's been a couple of uh, scores here. So Wisconsin is now up 24 to 6. So this this cut out the, the portion of the game where, um, where Gavin got hurt and Evan Simon came in and you know, had like a three-play drive to create a a touchdown. We can probably go to that really quick if we want to just watch uh, Simon's highlights to kind of make the game make a little more sense on this, mm-hmm. this broadcast here. One second, I'm just getting that video up. Yeah, like I said before, though, I was a little surprised they didn't give him some more time. I guess, you know, they really, really do not want a uh... – quarterback type of uh, controversy, but they did seem to get a little bit of a spark in there. I was surprised, you know, maybe. Yeah, so, Evan, so Evan takes over here from the Wisconsin 34. First throw, perfect throw to, to yeah. uh, Isaiah Washington on a drag route. Gets down to the 14-yard line, I want to say. Uh, now they're taking over second and six from the Wisconsin 10-yard line. It's an RPO. And he just throws it right out of the end zone. And that's that's fine. There was nothing there. Lived to play another down. Third and six now from the ten yard line. Gavin rolls out or Evan rolls out, hits Aaron Young for the touchdown. So he had he had three pass attempts, he went two for three with the touchdown. Um I mean sometimes in an offense and you, you look at a guy like Brock Purdy, you just need a guy who's gonna gonna hit the the stuff that is given to him you don't need to like be this anthony richardson level athlete to to have success at a high level in offenses that are designed just to kind of point and shoot 
Um, that's kind of <clears throat> what Kirk Soraka's offense is designed to do. Like, if you just hit the guys that are going to be open, that are schemed open, you're going to have success. Um, and that's some of the things that Gavin struggles with. So we got an RPO <clears throat> here. Gavin feels some pressure, and he takes a hit as he throws, and it kind of goes nowhere. That's that's not that huge of a deal. Second and 10, 10 minutes, 43 on the clock. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Rutgers at the the ball's at the Rutgers 35. Gavin drops back, throws it way over the head of a wide-open Jaquay Jackson. That's the second time he's missed a wide-open Jaquay Jackson in the game mm -hmm. on a, a slant route. It's now third and 10 from the Rutgers 35. Gavin throws it uh, once again, yeah, yeah, so. six yards short of the sticks. No chance to get a first down to Johnny Langan there. Uh, it's first and 10 now from the Rutgers 30. It is 7.45 left in the game. RPO, Gavin rolls out, throws uh, a really nice pass there to uh, – I didn't see who it was to, but it was a really nice pass. One of his better throws on the game. Now Rutgers is at the Wisconsin 39-yard line. That was the Misses one. This is a wide yeah. open Christian Dremel. You're not going to get much more wide open uh, at this level. And he throws it five yards. I mean, over even if he hit, let's even if he hits them, do they win? Probably not. But it's just like one yeah. where it's just like you got to hit that because these opportunities don't come around a lot during the game. And I, we weren't even. I mean, like, we're not even sure if he was going to score with that. But again, it's just another example of just the inaccuracy issues costing. Yep. No, I mean, that one throw specifically is not going to flip the outcome, but right. if you kind of, it's kind of like if every single day you, like one day of missing a workout isn't going to make you, you know, become unhealthy, but it's a, it's a habit thing. You have mm -hmm. to do it every day. You have to do every single throw with the right mechanics, the right mentality, the right, whatever, because those, that's how you stack them up. Second to 10 now from the Wisconsin 39, 722 left in the game. He motions Aaron Young from his left to his right. Chops back. He steps up in the pocket. Does a great job feeling pressure that pressure there. Throws it across the middle to Isaiah Washington. They get down to the Wisconsin 19-yard line. Um, that was a pass. It was a, a, a fade route to Ian Strong. He almost caught it. He almost came down with it. You, you got to utilize Ian Strong's size more like they just tried to there. He's just too big of a – he's too good of an athlete, too good of a player to not mm -hmm. utilize him fully. So now we're 6.43 left in the game, still 24-6. to six. Second and 10 from the Wisconsin 19-yard line. Again, the stacked formation with Jaquay and uh, Dremel on the left side, and he just throws it Again, way out of bounds. Sideline, no chance. either all or nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Third and 10 now from the Wisconsin 19 Gavin gets through his progressions here pretty well. Yeah, that was it. Yep. Credit throws it, gets down to the uh, the eleven yard line, so it's now fourth and two. He rolls out to his left, and he just throws it right oh, into yeah. the <laughs> sack of the of of the uh, the poor reporter there. Yeah, um, what's his name? I think his name's like Keith Bacon or something. I don't know, but. That's, Even Bacon. He did a good job of avoiding pressure there, but he didn't give any of his receivers a chance. I'd much rather in that situation see him at least try and force it to somebody because you're down mm -hmm. 18 points. You're you know fourth and two from the Wisconsin 11. You need to get a first down. If you 
throw an interception at that point, you're still going to lose. It's whatever. You can't force balls in tight games, but in this situation, you're in desperation mode. You have to force something in to at least give a receiver a chance. First and 10 now from the Wisconsin 21. This is coming off a turnover. <clears throat> Incomplete on the right side to Ian Strong. No chance of even catching that. Uh, second and 10 now. Motions Ian Strong into that stack formation they like to use. And uh, it's a nine-yard completion on an out route to Ian Strong setting up. Uh, now it's first and 10 from the 11-yard line of Wisconsin. And this is the – yeah, this is the backdoor <laughs> cover. Uh, Ian Strong, if you noticed in the fourth quarter, Ian Strong was doing really well. I don't know why it took three quarters to get him more playing time. Like but, six games in three quarters. Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of – everything I wanted to cover today. Craig, is there anything you wanted to touch on before we sign off? I think it just showed, you know, I mean, it's just, the, I mean, is Gavin good? No. Is Gavin bad? I would say no. It's just a lot of, just a lot of uh, inconsistency. And if, if they can hone that consistency, at least a little bit against the, you know, the likes of Michigan State and Indiana, they're probably going to win. But if he plays like that against them, then it's going to be tougher than it should, should be. So uh, these next two weeks are just, I mean, I don't, I don't think I really need to talk about how big these are. This is probably going to be the difference between Rutgers going bowling or not. So it all starts with Michigan State. You're facing a team that's basically, I mean, they're coming off their bye, which stinks to face a team coming off their bye again. But it's a team mm-hmm. right now that's basically a mess between everything that's going on with Mel Tucker. So this should be a game. Rutgers is favored in this game for a reason. So Rutgers should go out there, take care of business, beat Michigan State, and hopefully – this should be a big weekend for Rutgers because I'm sure we've all seen by now all the uh, all the basketball recruits that are going to be there and some of the ones that we think are going to be there. So if Rutgers can, well, we don't think anymore. We have confirmed okay, yeah, who yeah, the yeah. visitors are going to be. Nice. Um, uh, there you go. So the entire 2024 class will be on campus for official visits this weekend. Outside of Dylan Grant, Dylan Grant already took his official visit in this uh, recruiting calendar cycle. Um, he took his in August, so he will not be able to take an official visit. But Ace Bailey will be there on an official visit. Lathan Somerville will be there on an official visit. Bryce Dorch will be there on an official visit. Um, additionally, class of 2025, five-star Trey McKinney from um, Michigan will be there. Shout out to Coach Smoke for uh, you know doing a great job recruiting that kid. Uh, he's somebody, if you haven't followed Coach Smoke has gone out to visit him three times in September. Pike came with him twice, too. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, similar to Ace Bailey, you wouldn't expect Rutgers to be able to pull in a five-star from, you know, some random plate, not random in terms of Michigan, but random in terms of geographical vicinity of Rutgers um, to be able to pull him in. Uh, and then, uh, did I forget anybody? Um, I don't know. Is there a, there's a kid? Oh, yeah, yeah uh, I did forget somebody. Uh, Harper uh, Dylan kid? Harper <laughs> will be on campus on his official visit this upcoming weekend. I know there was a lot of speculation that it might happen. We had been hearing it was most likely going to be this weekend, but it was confirmed this weekend that he would be at Rutgers this weekend for an official visit. I think anything's possible at this point in his recruitment. Wouldn't surprise me at all if things are starting to wind down there. Um, for Richie's sake, please. <laughs> yeah, for Richie's sake, I, I, I hope so. Um, but you got to feel really good about that uh, since there was a lot of 
speculation about him setting up visits to Auburn and Kansas. None of those have materialized, but they did materialize to Rutgers twice this fall already. He visited for the Northwestern game, and now he'll be visiting for the Michigan State game. I'm just saying, Michigan beating Michigan State and getting a Dylan Harper uh, commitment, that wouldn't be the worst way to spend uh, spend the weekend. It wouldn't be. I don't want to put our... our <laughs> I don't want to count our chickens before they hatch too much, but I do feel really good about this development. Um, it's just a huge move to get him on campus for his official visit. Um, I did. I just looked it up. Rutgers is now a five-and-a-half-point favorite mm. against Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State will be breaking in a freshman quarterback. Uh, they benched Noah Kim, and they'll be starting uh, something Hauser. Um, he'll be making his first start as Hauser? a college quarterback. Huh? Is it Dookie Hauser? It's not Doogie Hauser. <sighs> not him. But we will break that down fully for you guys this uh, week. We'll have a preview show. We will break down the basketball recruiting front because uh, our guy Richie is not here. And he is the master of whispers. Uh, <laughs> if you're a Game of Thrones fan, so he'll have way more color as to what's going on on the basketball recruiting front. But for me and Craig, this has been another edition of the Network Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.